Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that shut off their air conditioner just so it doesn't make noise in the background of the microphone. If you don't appreciate us now, when will you ever appreciate us? Tim, the current temperature here in our whereabouts, 88 degrees with a high, I mean, with what feels like 99 degrees, so... This is for you guys. Just remember that. Facts. And just so you know, just to put this out there, I know that the, the loyal Broden listeners know this already, but I don't ever use an AC ever. I don't own one. So uh, this heat wave has been horrible for me. The summer has been pretty bearable up until this point. You made it unbearable. No, 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 I don't like I don't like being cold in the summer. I think it's stupid to be cold. And with ACs, it's not like you could set it to like 82 degrees. That doesn't make a difference. Just set an AC to like 76 and it's still mad hot. Yeah. Um, eh, eh, exactly. It's still mad hot at that point. Speaking of always being cool, uh, it would be really cool of you if you went to patreon.com slash brotofantasy to support. Uh, follow us, brotofantasy.com. Follow us on Twitter at brotofantasy. Um, we have an announcement to make before we get started today. The summer heat wave, not what we're going through right now, but the fantasy summer heat wave brought to you by Brodo is on the way. That's right. Year two of the summer heat wave. We are going to be going over the fantasy prospects of every single player on every single team in the NFL. Um, And this time around, there's no preseason. So what we got is what you're going to have going into the the off season. We're going to have uh, each day in August, there's 31 days, there's 32 teams, and then September 1st, each day a new episode will drop, so you will be getting Brodo every single day. Not only will you be getting Brodo every single day, you'll be getting it in video form. Brodofantasy. Uh, I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash Brodofantasy to see it in video form. Um, if you want some stuff that we usually bring you, our favorite sleepers, our favorite bus, our... Um, are some mock drafts. We will also be releasing extra episodes to the patrons. So if you want to get that extra episode, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Also, get a whole bunch extra. Join our Discord. Uh, get access to our fantasy leagues. Um, if you're in a high enough tier, get access to our dynasty league that we're starting up this year. Um, but besides that, uh, you'll also get those extra episodes, that insight that you'll need going into your draft. Uh, drafts are a little later this year as the set date to start the NFL season is actually September 8th rather than last year when it was like September 2nd. September, September 10th. Oh, it's September 10th, not 8th. My bad. September 5th. Last year was September 5th. So, like, I remember there was a, there was a bunch of, like, uh, problems with drafts because of that because it was so close. Uh, you know, the official draft day of, of fantasy, Labor Day, it's so close to the opening to this opening of the season. Now this year we do have that that big gap of four days between Labor Day and the opening of the season. So you should be able to get more your time to draft, baby. Yeah, more time to draft exactly. So uh, yeah, uh, today speaking of drafts, we have a special double episode for you. We were talking about what we should talk about in the podcast, and Jason goes, uh, "We should talk about our our favorite fades," and then Michael goes, "Nah, what we really should do." Is we should talk about hot takes. Classic Tim getting the twins confused. Oh, is that is the other? It was the other way around. And then I said, "Hey, why don't we do both? 
So we're doing both. We're doing hot takes and fades on today's episode. We got three each, so nine total. 18 players we'll tell you about today. So without any further ado, let's... Oh, 18. You're you're the host. My bad. What? <laughs> you have three. I thought you did. did. Did you do hot takes and fades, or are you just hosting? Yeah, I did hot takes and fades. Plus 27. Jay. How? Three, 18. Oh, you said nine players, so you confused me. Nine players and then two categories equals 18. Oh, nine for each of us. Tim, I see what you're saying. you just beat Jason in something math-related. <laughs> yeah, high five. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. How's it feel, Ivy League lawyer boy? How's it feel? Tim, I, I haven't stopped smiling. <laughs> it was it was all your it was your wording that confused me. Yeah, it was my said- wording. Michael wasn't confused. No, I was confused. His obsession with twenty-seven, straight up sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell it to the judge. Literally, since you're a, a lawyer, law student, and everything, tell it to the judge. Um, so we have these fades, and we also have these hot takes. Let's start with the fades because by the time we get through our hot takes, people are going to be like, we can't take this guy seriously because the hot takes are supposed to be a little ridiculous on purpose. Um, but so let's go into the fades. Um, let's start with Michael since he's smarter. Um, for those of you who does, who don't know, fades means players that we are trying to avoid at all costs in drafts. Now, we're not saying don't draft them at all. That's why it's called a fade and not like a blackout, right? Fade, you can still see a little bit of it. Because if you get a good price on these people, um, you're going to love it. Like, I'm sure the Twins are going to have Joe Mixon somewhere in here. If you If you follow us on Twitter, you know. Uh, the Twins have no shortage of anti-Joe Mixon tweets. But if Joe Mixon falls to you in the third round, you better take him or it's stupid not to, right? That's why it's called fades. Like, we're, we're going to try to avoid these players. So, with the definition being said, Michael, why don't you start us off with your first fade? This one's simple. It's someone I have preached that I will not be owning in any league and have not owned in any leagues in my drafts thus far through, like, five or five to seven leagues. I, I lose count. But it's Leonard Fournette. I want nothing to do with Leonard Fournette this season. The number one reason why everyone loves Leonard Fournette is the fact that he did not score touchdowns last year. It's a touchdown regression. He's bound to bounce back. I, on the other hand, think this guy was incredibly inefficient, has never lived up to his draft capital, and is just an all-around average running back who is going to see nowhere near the volume that he saw last season. Like I do not think that offense runs through Leonard Fournette, they already declined his fifth-year option. This is his last year of his rookie deal. There's no way the Jaguars uh, keep him past that. If the Jaguars are out of contention halfway through the season, maybe they even try to sell him for a second or third-round pick to a team that – Or fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth, yeah. But, I mean, you always you always see teams – I mean, Trent Richardson got a first-round pick in return. Teams like to try to get – try to pay up for draft capital. That's the only thing Leonard Fournette has for him. Uh, he's always been overrated, and I think the – Jaguars are going to try to give Gardner Minshew a shot because, look, if Gardner Minshew is good, they have a quarterback that they can start building around. Building around. If he's not good, they need to get a new quarterback on their team. And I don't think Leonard Fournette is going to be the reason why they don't try to test Gardner Minshew. And like I said about him not being there next season already, 
they clearly don't feel that this guy's part of their long-term plans. And I just don't believe in his ability to be a top 15 running back, especially um, unless he sees the ridiculous volume that he saw last year, which I do not foresee happening. There's also the, the thing of Chris Thompson being there now. And we know that uh, new head coach, Jay Gruden loves using Chris Thompson as a pass catching back. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, does Chris Thompson take over that role in Leonard Fournette? The reason why he kind of bounced back and became that top guy last year is because of all the catches. So that's another thing is that Leonard Fournette saw like a hundred targets and had, yeah, had saw more targets and receptions than he seen basically in his career. And guess what? Yeah. It helped his fantasy prospects, but he was not good on those targets. Like he was not an efficient pass catcher. He is not, it is, does not look like it's a role that fits him well. And all these people who want to say, well, he's underrated and all this, they're just lying to themselves because he's a fourth overall pick and they like the way he ran at LSU. So I'm just, and last year was the first time he was healthy for a full season. So no one has talked about him possibly getting hurt again at all, even though all the rage about Leonard Fournette last season was he could never stay healthy. So there's just a, a bunch of reasons to stay away from Leonard Fournette. The only positive I heard from folks on the other side of the spectrum is that it is his last year on the contract. So maybe they'll run him into the ground. I don't, if that's your only excuse, then pass. I do not want to have to deal with that, especially when you have to pay a late second, early third round price tag. There, I think I I agree with you. I'm not. I, I wouldn't love to have Leonard Fournette on my team, but I feel like there's there's worse things you can do than have a third round Leonard Fournette on your team. But I've never I've never owned Leonard Fournette in my life because of those reasons, and I I, I agree with you. I think I'm going to stay away from him this year too. Jason, who's your first fade? My first fade, I'm going to Hollywood because Marquise Brown. Really? Interesting. I'm going to want to hear this one. All right. First of all, here's my bonus hot take. This is too hot for hot takes because this one is just, if you listen, don't don't pause this. This is just for fun. Miles Boykin's going to outscore Marquise Brown this year. That's a little ridiculous. I love me so much. That's my bonus hot take. Look. Lamar Jackson was extremely efficient last season. He was second in true throw value, and Marquise Brown only went 46, 584, and 7. I know it was his rookie year. I know it was his rookie year, but it's not a prolific passing offense in general terms. Not for wide receivers especially. Yeah, Lamar Jackson threw 36 touchdowns. Mark Andrews was catching a touchdown every other pass. Uh, Running backs catch touchdowns. They're going to run with LJ and the running backs. I just don't – will – Marquise Brown see enough work? Probably not. Will he break away for 50-plus yard touchdowns? Because if you're drafting Marquise Brown, you're depending on 50-plus yard touchdowns, and those aren't sticky year-to-year. Those are tough to get. Will Lamar Jackson's efficiency drop? Probably. What I've seen nobody talk about this year is that teams have now seen Lamar Jackson for a full year. There's a year of film on how to try to stop this guy. This isn't a brand new project. There's some ideas on how to stop this guy now. And to think that this offense is just going to keep clicking on all cylinders is probably a little naive. And lastly, Marquise Brown had only one game over five targets after week four last season. Usually rookie wide receivers, you see them um, show up at the end of the year. This is the complete opposite. He came out of the gate, was getting a bunch of targets. And then at the end of the year, after week four, it's not even the end of the year. He never saw more than five targets in a game. You're essentially paying for Traquan Smith 
but his name is Marquise Brown. And that's why I'm not drafting him. I think I think there is something to be said, and like we mentioned in a in a past episode how um, Lamar Jackson's also his TD rate was so much higher than the average TD rate. And if you look at the not- if you look at the leaders in TD rate over the last few years, the um, there's definitely a correlation between that that dropping off and the player not being the same guy. And if if there's not really anyone you could compare to Lamar, Lamar Jackson to, but if you even look at Michael Vick, Michael Vick for all the prolific rushing numbers that he put up in his career, he only had one 1,000-yard season where he averaged over eight yards an attempt. And that's what Lamar Jackson did last year. So there is something to be said. Now, do I think he's going to fall off completely? No. Um, But there is something to be said about that. And and the fact that he loves his tight end so much, Marquise Brown seems to be like a guy that everyone is – is using as their sleeper this year, and I, I I gotta agree with you, Jason. I don't I don't buy the hype as much, but if I can get him at a good value, I'm still gonna draft him. It's not like I'm avoiding him. Marquise Brown was someone I was going to add to this list, but he just missed it. So I'm glad Jason touched on him because I see a lot of smart fantasy minds, man, who think Marquise Brown is like a great fifth or sixth round pick. If I'm drafting Marquise Brown as my fifth or sixth best player, I'm leaving a draft like, damn, I messed up. Because that is not someone you're going to be able to trust in a weekly basis. Best ball, sure. Best ball makes more sense to me. I still think he's a little overdrafted, but you get those 20 to 25 point games that he's bound to have to have with long touch. But a week to week basis, you are going to be pissed with Marquise Brown because he is going to put up two catch 31 yard games. Kind of like the Deshaun Jackson saga. If you've owned, if you've ever owned Deshaun Jackson, you love it when he puts up the 25 point games. But you hate it when he puts up the two point games. Uh, my yeah. first, my first fade is a tight end, and this is a tight end that I necessarily don't even not believe in. It's Evan Ingram. Um, here's the reason why Evan Ingram is my fade. First of all, injuries concerns are the obvious reason why you're gonna fade this guy. His last two seasons, he started 14 games combined, combined in the last two seasons. And while he was out last season, Daniel Jones did build a repertoire with Darius Slayton as the number one target. Unlike when Eli was in, he was the number one target. Um, he also takes more risks than Eli. He doesn't target the tight end as much as Eli did, who peppered the tight end all the time, no matter who was in there. The Giants are also full of slot guys, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, guys who are going to be taking up work on that in the middle. So his work area is not going to be as open as it was. Also, you have to presume that Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy all season and therefore taking a large majority of the short passing game as well. Now, he still could shine. Um, it's not like he didn't show anything with Daniel Jones last year. He had 68 targets while he was healthy last season. He could be productive. He is a massive talent. I'm not saying that he's not. But he's going as the tight end seven overall right now, and he's going at an ADP of the sixth round. And with all that risk, I'm not trying to have this guy as my sixth-round pick. I would much rather wait around than go Tyler Higby. Wait two rounds, go Austin Hooper, or go even later and get a guy like Noah Fan and TJ Hawkinson, or wait till the end of the draft and get a guy like Eric Ebron, who I think is one of my favorite sleepers of the season. The more I look into it, so I think the see the price right now is just too steep for me. And I'm again, I'm not saying that Evan Ingram won't have a good season. I'm just saying that I'm not taking him in the sixth round. I'm actually I'm a little surprised you chose Evan Ingram because all everything you just said makes sense. But we're also talking about one of the only rookie tight ends ever to, like, defy the tight ends don't help in fantasy. Like, this guy's been 
a significant contributor. But he hasn't long- he hasn't played a full season since then. But he I'm, hasn't been on the field. That's I'm siding with you, Tim. I feel like when I'm when I'm doing my tight end rankings, I see Evan Ingram and I'm like, I have to put him here, sixth, seventh, eighth, somewhere. But I'm not gonna draft him. Right, there. right. Because dude, again, super talented. Definitely like has the ability to break out and have a thousand yard, eight touchdown season. And if you get that out of your tight end, you're literally just coming everywhere. But it's just like, I I don't know. I don't know like if I could. I don't know. I don't know if I can put him on my team because it's just too much of a risk. Michael, um, who's your second fade? My second fade is another running back. Sticking with the running back theme here as I drop my phone. Sticking with the running back theme here with one of the worst running backs in football last season, David Montgomery. Another guy who... Michael really hates this guy. The only, literally the only positive I heard about David Montgomery all offseason is... But he's in line for so much work, bro. How many times are we going to draft running backs who are in line for so much work, even though they showed that they're just not that skilled? Like, we've gone through so many. We've gone through Eddie Lacy. But Eddie Lacy was just fat, so whatever. Like, Trent, Trent Richardson. He went through, like, Paul Perkins. Trent Richardson was also fat. We've went through Samaje Pirine every single offseason. Fat Rob Kelly also fat. Fat Rob Kelly. <laughs> Every single offseason, we go through these running backs. But he's who, not fat, Michael. What is that? What do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, but he's slow. He's slow, and he just doesn't perform well. We're talking about a guy who had so many touches last year, over 200 touches. I mean, 242 carries last season, 889 rushing yards. To not reach 900 rushing yards on 240 carries is absolutely disgusting. That's like, some shit that makes me want to throw up. He had 25 receptions the entire year. Guess what? Terry Cohen is still there. He's going to be stealing receptions from him. Even when he was receiving, uh, he averaged four yards per target outside the top 50 of all running backs, which is just disgusting. Like, it's what's what can make anyone think his involvement in the passing game is going to go up? That makes no sense either, especially if they don't want teams to know they're going to be running the ball. Because when David Montgomery is on the field, it's a one-dimensional running game. And Nick Foles... Nick Foles has been his best in RPOs. Remember that Chip, Chip Kelly year where he did, went like 28 touchdowns and two interceptions? If Nick Foles is the QB, having David Montgomery behind there is not going to help him. And David Montgomery, man, was just straight up bad. Like to have that many touches and be outside the top 30 running backs. Like this was someone locked and loaded every week you knew was going to get 15 or more touches. And every week you were like, oh, I started David Montgomery because he got you like eight fantasy points, if that. And here we go again, going into this offseason, he's in line for a bunch of work. But guess what? The dude stinks. He's on a team that isn't very good, in my opinion. I think they're going to be trailing a lot. Their defense is nowhere near what it used to be. Their offense isn't great. And I just don't see – I think David Montgomery ends up being pushed to the side at some point this season. I think he's going to be end up being one of the worst picks, especially with his price tag. The fact that people are taking him, I see him going in the third round, and it absolutely blows my mind. I think the sixth round is even too early for David Montgomery. Ah, that's that's a little time, much. No, sixth the round. only time I take a chance on David Montgomery is in like the seventh round. You're bugging. Look, there's. That's how much I think David Montgomery is going to be a terrible pick this season. Look, I'll tell you this. One, I know you know how much I respect you guys in terms of fantasy, and you know that I that when I was making this podcast, I'm like, I thought to myself, who could I make this podcast with that as the best fantasy players that I know, and it took me literally three seconds to, to land on you guys. But the one problem I always have with you guys is you give up on young players too quickly. 
And I just think that the volume is going to be there, man. And look, Mitch Trubisky, although I was on the troop train last year, was literally the worst you could be. So, so he's a rookie running back with a passing game that's non-existent. You gotta imagine that even if Trubisky's the starter this year, he's gonna be a little better than last year. You gotta imagine that Nick Foles, if he's a starting quarterback, will be better than Trubisky was last year. And you gotta think that David Johnson's gonna have a little more room to run. And he's gonna improve himself from year one to year two. With that being said, David Johnson did not impress me at all. I mean, David Montgomery did not invent did not impress me at all last season, at all, watching him run. Yeah. I don't think he impressed anyone. <laughs> Jason, who's your second fade? My second fade, someone I've been fading since the um, beginning of time. Actually, since 2016 or 20, 2015. <laughs> the beginning of his time in the league, at least. I don't even know who you're talking Alan about. Alan Armenius Robinson. Man, Alan Robinson was mad good last year. He was mad my... good, and you, like, killed him every week. It was your number one thing, like, that was probably yeah. bad about your advice. Yeah, I... I'm doubling down. Look, you can't hit up. <laughs> I'm doubling down to try to redeem myself. And if you do if I fail again, you know what? Double, tripling down next year. Honestly, last season, people are just – everyone had this Allen Robinson fairy tale before last season, and things finally kind of came to fruition last year. But let's not forget that last season was his first year over 900 yards since 2015. His first season with over six touchdowns since 2015. Let's not forget he has an injury history. He played one game in 2017, 13 in 2018. We don't know who the Bears quarterback is going to be. Word in town is that it actually is an open competition right now. And let's not act like Nick Foles, who's probably going to win, is Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. The, the report's at a Bears camp right now because I still look, I still I, I still keep my ear to the ground about Mitch Trubisky. And the report is that he's like the Bears are rooting for him to be the starter. Like, they want him to start. That's the Listen, reports. What what I found most telling, Allen Robinson had a higher yards per reception in 2018 than last year. The only thing that changed was that he had a career-high 154 targets. Why would that change? You never know. There's going to be a new quarterback. A full season Anthony of Anthony Miller. Miller. Anthony Miller might step up. Uh, Trey Burton might take a larger role his second year in the offense. They might want to use Terry Cohen. He's more. not that on the uh, Jimmy Graham. Oh, Trey not on the Bears anymore. Sorry, right. Jimmy Graham. Uh, they, Jimmy, they, yeah, they signed Jimmy Graham. They drafted Troutman, but Ricky and then ends. they just got rid of Terry Cohen from the offense basically last year. That they if did. Matt Smart, he's gonna use Terry Cohen more. And who says this offense is gonna even be better? I just don't see because Allen Robinson is being drafted as a top 12 wide receiver right now. This is a team that just paid top dollar for Jimmy Graham. They're not smart. So I'm I'm fading Allen Robinson. Yeah, it makes sense. Kind of. I I don't like they for me Allen Robinson is definitely a guy that I'm not going to be drafting but that I don't mind. I just don't mind him. But I'm definitely I'm, I'm not going to be drafting him. I'm okay with Allen Robinson in the 3rd round. Fourth yeah. round. Yeah, fourth round for me. I'll get, I'll take Allen Robinson in the fourth round. I'm fading. I think he's going to be a target machine because, like, you tried pointing out all these variables when really he's still the only – they didn't add anyone else. It's not like Jimmy Graham's going to steal his targets. I think he's still going to be a target. What makes you monster. say that? They paid Jimmy Graham mad money? 
They did pay Jimmy Graham mad money. Jeez Louise. All right. Uh, I'm going on to my second fade. And my second fade is Rob Gronkowski. And I'm going to tell you, when someone asks me, are you going to take Rob Gronkowski? This is what I tell them. And there's many reasons why I say hell to the no in terms of drafting Gronk. Number one, he is injury prone. And this is before he took a year off to party, drink every night, and probably fuck everything with a vagina. In his career, he's either a super hit or super miss. In the last six years, he finished as the tight end number one overall three times. You're like, yo, I want that guy. But the years that he didn't finish number one overall, 15th overall, 22nd overall, 11th overall, including the last season that he was with Tom Brady when he hardly did anything. He has a new team with a better supporting cast around him. Think about this. Two years ago, it was just him and Julian Edelman, and that's it. And he only ended up as the number 11. This time, he's going to have Mike Evans. He's going to have Chris Godwin. He's going to have a very much improved Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn. He's going to have O.J. Howard behind him. There are people on this team that are going to get targets, and he's not going to be the number one guy. On top of that, Bruce Arians in his career has never had a tight end receive more than 55 targets with him as a head coach ever. Ever. 55 targets. I'm not talking about 55 receptions. I'm talking about 55 targets. Yes, he's low risk at ADP. He's going as tight end 10 right now. But here's why I'm avoiding him the most. Because I want to dangle him. I want to leave him out there as bait. Because someone in your league who maybe doesn't know his stuff as much or maybe is blinded by the name is going to take him way too early. That's one less tight end to worry about. That's one less player to worry about being drafted in front of you. I am not taking Gronk, number one, because I don't want him on my team. Number two, because I want him to be on someone else's team. Yo, quick auction tip, because we don't discuss auction much, but we are very good auction players. Me and Jason... We have a couple teams in auction in auction leagues, and we always crush it. We should play more. We auction really leagues. do. Even fantasy baseball, we joined the auction dynasty and won the first year. We actually have an auction based fantasy baseball league tonight. Booyah! But real quick, Tim, with your dangling, Rob Gronkowski is prime first round nomination. Let someone spend a large chunk of money because they're like, oh, I have more money to get other guys later on Rob Gronkowski. Mm. Me and Jason go the first like seven or eight rounds just nominating the biggest players that we absolutely do not want on our team. Our seven or eight biggest fades are our first eight nominations. When you have more money, people bid more money. Fucking guys. That's a fantastic tip. Did you just catch that? I hope you just caught that at home. That is a phenomenal tip right there. That's how you win an auction league. You put up the people who you know people are going to spend more money on that you don't want anything to do with. So what are you going to do? You put up Gronk, you're like four bucks. And then you just let people bid away. It just goes up to like $16 when his value is really like $3. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by you right now. I'm impressed. Um, Michael, who's your third fade? My third fade should come as no surprise. Sticking with the running back. You'd think I'd like more running backs in this landscape where running backs suck. But these three guys I just haven't had any shares of. And I don't plan on it. First Leonard Fournette, second David Montgomery, third David Johnson. 
I don't I don't think I need to get into David Johnson much because I've spoke I've spoken just nonstop about David Johnson in previous pods. Just the the matter of fact is the dude has not been good since 2016. That's his only year with the yards per carry over four. He has not been that efficient of a receiver since then either. He's ever since he started getting injured, he's just been slower and nowhere near the same guy he was in 2016. And if you're betting on a renaissance from someone who was good four years ago, all the power to you. I'm absolutely not. I do not believe in his skill set at all. I think he's going to be a wasted pick as well. Someone who you are going to struggle with putting in your lineup every week and be like, oh, you're, you're going to end up like, okay, cool. David Johnson got me 10 points. Because at that point, it's going to be like he's, he got 18 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. That's how I feel about David Johnson. I do not think, especially with DeAndre Hopkins gone now too, I just I think they'll stack the box more. I think David Johnson is just in. And he gets hurt now. Like he's just as injury prone as James Conner has been the last few years, and nobody really wants to talk about that. So I'm just all – I'm as far off of David Johnson as I am David Montgomery. Leonard Fournette is the only one I'd say I'd consider drafting if he fell to like – the fourth round at that point i'd be like fine i'll take a shot on him rather than having zero shares the entire season montgomery and johnson are two guys i'm just perfectly fine with literally not owning a single share throughout all of my teams this is somewhere where we're gonna not be agreeing i like david johnson i particularly like david johnson as his fifth round adp because he's yeah. he's in houston and houston runs the ball over and over and over and over again the and Bill O'Brien has never had a team that's less than 14th in the league in rush, rush attempts, so they've always been in the top half of the league in rush attempts. And if he can make Carlos Hyde into someone that's fantasy viable, if he can make Lamar Miller into someone that's fantasy viable, then he can make David Johnson into something that's fantasy viable. And I think that not having DeAndre Hopkins is actually going to help him because he's going to get more passing work. And I also think that when you look at the receivers that they put together, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, these are down-the-field guys, and that should open up a lot and take safeties out of the box. So I actually disagree with you on David Johnson. I, I, I think I would, I would love to have David Johnson in the fifth round this year. Just wait for my hot take. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Jason, who's your, third, uh, who's your third fade? Yeah, I'm, I'm similar to Michael here. This third fade, it's more of just – I don't know. It's more of a gut feeling here just based on the personnel on the team. You guys know that I've been the number one Derek Carr hater – Holy shit, I can't believe neither of you said Joe Mixon. No, I think the people know well enough that we're fading Joe Mixon. And again, with the the Joe Mixon hate, we're okay with him as a late second, early third round pick. Even mid-second. Yeah, we just think it's absurd that he's being drafted. I've seen him go as high as like fourth overall in some FFPC drafts, and I just point and laugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, yeah, Joe Mixon's a good, if you can get Joe Mixon as your RB2, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, like, like if you can do Ezekiel Elliott with the third pick and then come back in the snake and have yeah. Joe Mixon, that's fucking fire. Or or Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon. All right, but my guy, you guys know I'm a big Derek Carr hater, so I don't believe in him. So I'm fading another Evan Ingram type, Darren Waller. Whoa. I'm, I'm ranking him as if he's going to be a good tight end. He's probably going to be a good tight end, but I just don't want him on any of my teams. I just don't believe in Derek Carr. And last season, we saw that when Hunter Renfro was on the field, Darren Waller was a different player. He wasn't the guy that Derek Carr went to every single time he wanted to dump off across the middle of the field. Hunter Renfro was there to take off, to take um, passes away from him. And then if we look at what the 
Raiders did. I don't, I don't know why I'm going to call my words here. They, they have Tyrell Williams. They have Hunter Renfro healthy. They drafted Henry Ruggs. They drafted Lynn Bowden, who's a Swiss Army knife type of guy who's probably going to come out of the backfield, maybe play some slot, catch some short passes where Darren Waller is. Uh, they drafted Nelson Aguilar, who's immensely better out of the slot than he is outside. Eagles fans know that because Nelson Aguilar dropped too many passes in the end zone last season. Signed, not drafted. And then they also brought in Jason Witten. They also drafted Brian Edwards. They also drafted Brian Edwards and Jason Witten, ex-ESPN sportscaster, one of the worst, um, but one of the best tight ends. Why would they bring him in? It literally makes no sense unless they plan on putting him on the field at least a little bit. And even if Witten ends the season with 30 targets, and even if only half of those are going to go to Darren Waller, that's 15 targets less to Darren Waller. And when we're talking about this area of tight ends, I just don't feel comfortable taking Darren Waller. Interesting. I like Darren Waller this season. Darren Waller is someone I have unconsciously also been fading, it seems, because he's someone every time I get to that point in the draft, I'm like, do I take Darren Waller here? Eh, I could take, like, Tyler Higbee, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson later. So That's I never true. end up with Darren Waller. I just – I like Darren Waller. I just don't like that that mid-range group of tight ends in general because – I don't know, taking a tight end with the sixth, seventh round pick, I'd rather, unless it's Tyler Higby, who I really like, I'd rather go and try and get a tight end out of the blue. Like last year, I drafted Mark Ed- Edwards in every league in like tenth, in the tenth round. Like I didn't try and look for the next Mark Edwards. Um, and motherfucker. What? Mark Andrews. What'd I say? Edwards. I said Edwards? No, I didn't. You did multiple times. Nah, I said Andrews. Oh, run it back not. if you want, bro. I'm yeah. going to have to. I'm going to have to run it back. Um, last fade. I'm f- let's go to the last fade. Here's the last fade for me. And my last fade's Dalvin Cook. Now, you might say, I'm what? But here's why. This has nothing to do with talent. If Dalvin Cook is on the field, I want him on my team 100%. He brought my most successful team to a championship last season. I love Dalvin Cook. But we have been burned by holdouts the last two seasons. In 2018, it was Le'Veon Bell. In 2019, it was Melvin Gordon. And each time, all the experts were like, oh, don't worry. The deal's going to get done. Everything's going to be fine. But it doesn't. It doesn't get that way. And the reason is because I'm following the money. You know that one of my favorite sayings is follow the money. So let's follow the money. Right now, Dalvin Cook wants to get paid like an elite running back. But besides him, let's talk about some of the running backs that are hitting free agency next year. Alvin Kamara, Alvin, I mean Aaron Jones, Phillip Lindsay, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt. On top of those guys, experts say that the 2021 RB draft is going to be even better than last year's and one of the best RB classes that we've seen. That does not bode well for Cook because he wants financial security. He's not going to be on the field until he gets it. But at the same time, the Vikings know that this is a buyer's market. They're not going to be selling out for for running backs right now. This holdout could drag on. And if I'm drafting, especially of of recent, like in within the next two weeks, I can't take the chance that my sixth overall pick doesn't play at all. I just can't take that chance. And we tell you this as well a lot on this show. On average, five out of every 12 first-round picks bust. As much as you think they're going to do great, they bust. 
And Dalvin Cook seems like one of those guys to me this year. So I'm I'm fading Dave, Dalvin Cook. I don't want him on my team the six overall pick. I'll rather take another stud that's going to be available for me there. I agree. I don't know. I just I see his name and I don't want him on my team because it's because he's, of the holdout. Like uh, if it's not for the holdout, if he's guaranteed to be on this, and, and you know injuries. Let's not talk about. Let's, I didn't even mention the injuries. Has yet to play a full season in the, in the NFL. But I want him. I had him last year, bro. He's a he's a beast. Vikings shouldn't pay him. No, he's certainly a beast. It's just he's I, I don't know. For me, he's just someone who's like, do I want to take him as my first player with the injury concerns and now the holdout? I agree. I don't I don't know if I do. You can't. You can't. All right. With that being said, those are our fades. We've faded nine people, Jason. Nine. N I N E. Fuck off. <laughs> so now let's get to our Hot takes. Once upon a time, I was known as the HTK, the hot take kid, because my hot takes is hot. And I'm starting off with some hot takes, too. But let's start off with Jason, though. Jason, since Michael started off the last one. Jason, what's your first hot take? All right, my first hot take. This one's for Michael. Oh, boy, oh, boy. David Montgomery is Melvin Gordon reincarnated. Ooh, but yo, Jason said, fuck your shit, Michael. I'm going completely opposite. Listen, let's just make it clear it's a hot take, right? I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm legit angry. But there's just that little <laughs> right? There's a little chance that David Montgomery is just Melvin Gordon again. And we're going to kick ourselves at the end of the year for fading him. Except, look, when Melvin Gordon, his rookie season, when he didn't score any touchdowns and all that, he wasn't terrible. First he was all, terrible, right? bro. Well, you know, he, didn't, he just didn't score any touchdowns, which is nah. very odd. Who he do you also think he also was like a seventh round pick, not a third or fourth. What are you talking about? You th- Melvin Gordon? No, I'm late, man. Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon was drafted in the first round. No, his sophomore year, he was like a sixth round fantasy, pick. In fantasy, fantasy. Oh, oh, so he's been in overall. Who do you think had better yards per attempt in that rookie season, Melgo or Montgomery? We know where this is going. Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, Melgo had three point five yards per attempt. Montgomery had three point seven. Melgo had five point two yards per target. Melgo had uh, Montgomery had five point three. They are the same person. Montgomery just fell into the end zone a few more times. And the Bears added no one to the backfield this season. They're probably going to be a better offense with Nick Foles. So there's a chance that everyone's fading Montgomery, but he ends up becoming a star just purely based off of volume and falling into the end zone more. Jason Jason said, fuck you, Michael. I'm going the complete opposite. That's what he said. Look, I mean, I, I respect it. It's a hot take. You can't. You can't not respect the hot takes. They're hot takes for a reason. I just don't agree. Michael, what's your hot cake? Hot cake? Yeah. <laughs> apple D- cider Apple cider donuts is my hot cake. D. Johnson, the Houston Texans running back, is going to be a top 20 running back. Oh, that's gross. Disgusting. Just Duke. I'm, I, I feel like hanging up on you right now. Duke Johnson is going to end up as a top 20 running back and end up more fantasy points than David Johnson. Hold on. You didn't mean it the first time? I'm talking about D. Johnson, Duke Johnson. Oh, not oh, D. oh. Well, I okay, still so, feel like hanging up on you. <laughs> you missed the pun, kid. Yeah, you missed the pun. Uh, so, Duke Johnson averaged 4.9 yards per carry last season, was second in all running backs in yards per touch receiving-wise, top five in breakaway run rate, and at 44 receptions, had over 800 yards on the season despite not being super – Involved in that offense. 
And I know Carlos Hyde was there last year, and David Johnson is just going to do what Carlos Hyde did last year. I don't believe David Johnson is going to play a full season. I also believe David Johnson's skills are severely diminished at this point. And Bill O'Brien's not going to want to get fired. And if he starts the season 0-2, 0-3, which I would not be surprised. I don't think the Texans are that good of a team, and their offense may struggle without DeAndre Hopkins. I would not be surprised if Duke Johnson starts seeing the field more. I think Duke Johnson is one of the best values at current ADP because he has standalone value weekly in PPR leagues. Plus, he's one of the best handcuffs you could get because if David Johnson goes down, that's Duke Johnson's entire backfield, and Duke Johnson has shown that he could be very good if given the chance. I think Duke Johnson is a great pick at ADP. I think David Johnson is awful. So I think Duke Johnson ends as a top 20 running back with more points than David Johnson. Uh, there's only one problem with that, and that is that even last year, Duke Johnson didn't get the didn't get the bulk of the carries even when guys went down. So I wouldn't be surprised if they fucking handed the ball to Buddy Howell or Karan Higdon instead of Duke Johnson if David Johnson goes down. What about Parcheesi McFarley? What? Parcheesi McFarley. Man, shut up. All right. I'm going to go into my hot take. I don't know why they took so long. My hot take is that at this time next year, we are going to be talking about Miles Sanders as the assumed top, one of the assumed top running backs in the first round and possibly pushing for the number one pick next season. That's my hot take. I think Miles Sanders is going to explode this year. I am hitching my wagon on the Miles Sanders trade. Uh, a train when he was on his own in the backfield last year, weeks 15 and 16, particularly he scored 71 points combined running back 15 overall in his rookie season. Even when he had Jordan Howard to share the backfield with, he caught the ball. One of four players um, to have 800 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards. You may have heard of the other guys, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook and Leonard Fournette. He wasn't even a polished runner in between the tackles. And we saw the 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 climb that Christian McCaffrey... You know what? To, to put it in Jason's lingo, I think that Miles Sanders might be Christian McCaffrey uh, number two. In the sense that we're going to see him become a better runner. We're going to see him be using the offense like crazy. We're going to see him catch the ball all the time. He's going to be part of that offense. He was the main guy when Jordan Howard went down. The opportunity's there. The talent is there. The offensive line is there. The quarterback is there. The wide receivers aren't there. So I think that Miles Sanders at this time next year will be in the conversation of number one pick overall. That's my hot take. I think I don't think that's a scorching hot take, but I agree. I think that's a solid opinion there. I just you know what I find the most funny? The same people who think drafting Miles Sanders in the first round is dumb, you know, the RBBC, he's gonna let you down and all that. Are the same people taking Joe Mixon like sixth overall? Yeah, I, I knew I knew what Joe Mixon. I, we couldn't go a whole episode without talking a little shit about Joe Mixon. It's true. It's true. Michael, I know Jason. You're next. Who you got? Number That's two hot take. Team again is Mister Plow. Wow. All right. Um, my next hot take: Brandon Cooks will be a wide receiver one. Ooh, I like ye. Honestly, just because why not, right? Like, what what has he ever done in his life that didn't make him at least a wide receiver too? Uh, he's played with good quarterbacks his entire life. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, 
Jared Goff was decent. Now he's going to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was a top 10 true throw value every season. Cooks before last year put up 1,108, two seasons with the Saints, 1,107 with New England, 1,205 with the Rams. And then last year he dealt with some concussions and got phased out of the offense. He's going to be the number one receiver on a team that just lost DeAndre Hopkins. And last year the number 12 wide receiver was Keenan Allen, who went 104, 1199, and six. I don't expect Cooks to catch that many passes, but it's a hot take. So why can't he go 80, 1,210? He's got very close to those numbers in the past. And Deshaun Watson's throwing him the ball. I, there it is. I can see it happening. I don't think that's that scorching either. Um, His room is scorching. I, I... Yeah, you guys look like you're literally dying. Uh, Michael, you're up sure next. What's your second hot take? I'm just using my T-shirt now as like a, a sweat rag. Michael took his shirt off, and I saw his his six pack, guys. Yo, Jason has a legit six pack, and Michael, you're you're getting to the point of Jason at this point. Jason, let me ask you a question: Is you've already or were in like kind of the best shape of all the brothers? Is your motivation to work out so you could still be in the best shape of your brothers because Michael is killing the game? No, absolutely not. You're lying. You just want to be more sexy than Michael, but he's coming for you. I'm on the Michael train. Michael's about to be more sexy than you. How's that feel, smartass? <laughs> Bless. What is it? What did Mark Ingram say? Uh, truth? The truth? What did he say? What did Mark Ingram say? Man, how am I blanking on this? Big trust. Yeah, there you go. Big trust. That's you, Tim. All right. Uh, <laughs> hot take. TJ Hawkinson ends at the top five tight end. Whoa, top five. Okay, let's hear it. I, uh, Matt Stafford's healthy. The Lions offensive line is healthy. Stafford's coming off a truncated season where he ended third overall in true throw value. Truncated. Bars. Truncated. truncated. Yeah, you never used truncated in a sentence before? I can't say I have. I just said truncated. That's a hot take in itself. <laughs> Whatever. Hawkinson's a 6'5 athletic freak. Who, unlike many rookie tight ends, had an immediate impact. Had he went six, one thirty-one and one, his first ever game in the NFL. He struggled after that. He wasn't near quite nearly that effective. But he's he was a rookie tight end. He played only sixty-seven percent of the snaps, which is outside the top twenty of tight ends. I expect that to go up more. He also saw half of those snaps in the slot, which is great for fantasy purposes because if that continues, if he goes up to 85 percent of the snaps. Sees 40 to 50% of his snaps in the slot. That is a lot of potential targets for Matt Stafford. And we saw Danny Amendola have some great games out of the slot last season with Matt Stafford. He only played 10 games with Stafford. The second half of the year was with Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. Not really games you could really consider that much. Wow, David Blau. I I forgot that guy existed. Yeah. And, dude, people are just going to point to the fact that lines, tight ends have just sucked in the past. But who are they thrown to? The last three guys that Matt Stafford was thrown to, Eric Ebron, terrible. Uh, Brandon Pettigrew back in the day. I remember when Brandon Pettigrew, and he was even like semi-relevant fantasy-wise. Levine Toilolo had like a 500-yard season. It's like, yo, come on. you Matt Stafford can't make these guys relevant because they're just not good enough to be relevant. This is his first real tight end, and he showed that he was very happy to use him last year in the first game. And Darren Bevel, he used Jimmy Graham in Seattle. Prior to that, in uh, Minnesota, he made Vasante Shenko a thing. When was the last time you heard that name? 
he had a season where he was a useful tight end as well in Minnesota. I think everything is set up for TJ Hawkinson to be a very good option this year. And uh, if he doesn't end top five this year, I do at least think he'll be drafted as a top five option next year. Yo, what's going on out there? Is there there's a emergency going on out there or what? I, uh, um, I, I think Michael just set off the emergency, uh, the emergency broadcast system. I got one here for you guys that I think you guys are going to hate me for. I know you're going to hate me for. Aaron Rodgers will be a top five fantasy QB this season. Yo, just turn this off. I'm not even joking right now. I'm, uh. And you know why? Because yeah. there's factors in the field that you could say. Healthy Devontae Adams for a whole season possibly. Devin Funches. Hey, shh. Devin Funches replacing Jimmy Graham as the red zone option, who's a better option. Getting rid of Jimmy Graham, addition by subtraction. But uh, Aaron Jones continues to evolve as a pass catcher and a running back. But here's why I think he's going to do it. Because he's not in a Madden game and he's a human being and human beings have feelings. And his feelings got hurt when Jordan Love was drafted. And he's going to use that. Remember when he said R-E-L-A-X, relax, relax. And then he went on a winning streak. Remember when he didn't talk to his family for years because he's petty? He's going to be just as petty. He's not going to talk to Jordan Love. He's going to kick Jordan Love's cereal over when Jordan Love's not looking. And then he's going to put up the best season that he's put up in years, in decades. Aaron Rodgers, top five fantasy quarterback this year because we're not in a video game. We're in human life. And in human life, people get motivated. And when the GOAT... When the goat gets motivated, I want to see the goat mo. He's not even top five in video games anymore. Oh, that's going to change. Madden online, all right? Madden online. I'll never, I'll never agree that Aaron Rodgers is the goat. I, he's, he one, he's one of the goats. Top five all time, no, no doubt. Arguably. No doubt. It's a little crazy. Absolutely no doubt. You guys are just... You guys are really forgetting how good he was back in the day. He was the undisputed best quarterback in the league for five straight years. I don't know. One Super Bowl, and he's pretty trash now. So One Super Bowl for the Packers, who kind of fucked his career up. Anyway, Michael, let's, let's, uh, let's wind this thing down. Who's your last hot take? Or Jason. 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 Yeah, my, my bad. Jason's your turn. Yeah, I'm going to double down here. There's Not double down, but I'm going <laughs> to double feature here. I have two running backs, two former... Um, top 12 running backs of the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell and James Conner will both be RB1s this year. I like that. I like that one. The two former... Uh, James Conner's still a Steelers running back. But Le'Veon Bell as well. Honestly, just because Le'Veon Bell was running back 19 last season in a worst-case scenario year. The Jets added Mekhi Becton, Fant, McGovern, Van Roten, Cameron Clark. Uh, they don't have David Fales anymore. He's had three straight seasons with at least 65 receptions, almost 1,400 yards last season. He only had four touchdowns. He'll probably get into the end zone more. So I think he can be a top 12 running back. And then with James Conner from weeks one to eight last year, he saw almost 12, 18 touches per game, was sixth in fantasy points per snap for running backs, forced the second most tackles on receptions. And then in 2018 with Big Ben, in 12 games, he put up 14, 70, and 13. He's played at least 10 games every year of his career. He's probably a running back one every week he's on the field. So, Bell and Connor both RB1s. I like that. I like that. Speaking of old guys who might be RB1s again, I was going to make uh I was going to make one of my fades Melvin Gordon and then I actually 
started to, like looking deep into um, Melvin Gordon, and uh, I kind of like I kind of like Melvin Gordon this year now. Just throwing that I out mean, there. You picked before David Johnson. I'll tell you that much. You know who he shouldn't be yeah. picked before? Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Michael. You want to hear me? Let's go. Le'Veon Bell. I guess we were on the Le'Veon Bell train this year. We'll be a top five running back. Ooh. The return to form of Le'Veon Bell. Everything Jason said where he was the RB19 last year, got touches, only scored four touchdowns. I think Sam Darnold takes a huge step up this year with an improved offensive line. That has always been his boon. The offensive line has been terrible. We added Denzel Mims in the draft. I said we were Jets fans. <laughs> uh, they added The Jets added Denzel Mims in the draft. They signed Brashad Perriman. They still have Jamison Crowder. Chris Herndon is returning, who Darnold loved their rookie season together. That's a dark horse to be a big uh, impact this season as well for Darnold and in fantasy. I think it, the offense continues to run through Le'Veon Bell. He's big in the passing game. He's going to get a bunch of rushes. I think it's all set up for Le'Veon Bell to take that big step up. The, the only reason people don't like Le'Veon Bell is because of the Jets. Ha-ha, everyone laugh at the Jets. They suck forever. Meanwhile, they're just disregarding all the improvements the Jets made. I think people are really, really sleeping on the Jets, and they have a real shot of making playoffs this season, and Le'Veon Bell is going to be a big reason why. And let's not forget that because of Mono, Darnold's season last year was truncated. Yeah, so it was a truncated season <laughs> for Sam Darnold. Um, yeah, speaking of truncated seasons, now that we're using the word truncated like crazy, I'm going to end this on a little somber note. I think that this is going to be the most unpredictable season in the history of the NFL and that the waiver wire will be the most important factor beyond any draft of everyone winning championships, and I think it's because of COVID. I think that's, the, hot, that's my hot take. I think Ooh. I think that more stars than ever are going to miss time and that you need to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy, to get the waiver wire and the waiver wave episodes every week um, in order for you to succeed because the waiver wire is going to be ridiculously, ridiculously important this season. And that's how I'm ending this Shaznet. All right, you turned it into a little promo. I'll take it. <laughs> Jason, where can they find you speaking of promo? At BrotoFF Jason or in an ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> Michael? At BrotoFF Mike. Yeah, dude, we're, it looks like we just worked out, man. And you can totally. find me at BrotoFF Tim. See what we did there. Don't forget Broto.com. I mean, BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for uh, if you want to support and get those extra episodes. Don't forget the Summer Heat Wave is going to be uh, live starting in August. You're going to be getting an episode from us every single day. We are looking forward to it. We cannot wait to do this, and uh, we cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Also, you'll be seeing it in a visual, uh, YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy. And uh, that's it. That is all for us this week. Um, if you want another episode, remember, go to the Patreon because we're going to be doing a live mock draft where we're each going to take a different strategy and draft with it. So uh, that's going to be what's going on with the uh, with the Patreon episode. So go check out Patreon if you want to see that. Uh, but yeah, until next week, so long and farewell. Later.